0: Oh shit. Here we go again.
1: What's up, ballers? Huge episode this week. We got another female guest on the pod. It's becoming a recurring theme. Maybe we'll just roll with the female theme. Uh, we got her on, Jennifer... At the second, half of the second half of the episode, excuse me. Uh, we've got all three of us in the booth. A lot to talk about this week. Big beef, Bryson DeChambeau did his thing. We're going to talk way down the rabbit hole on him and then talk about this week's tournament coming up where we got back to back weeks at the memorial. So before we do that, let's introduce everybody. We got my boy Vinny, the guy who can't hit his nine iron straight on the pod. What's up, brother?
2: What's going on? It's straight. I'm getting straighter with the 9-iron. Don't worry about
1: it. I can't wait to get the <laughs> video out from this past weekend where you hit your chip shot straight right. It is, it is a good one. Uh, but isn't that,
0: that's kind of Vince's technique. To me. It is. It TDH. is his technique. I,
1: actually, I, I need to go back and watch other chipping videos because I, I want to figure out how he – because he sets up like that every time, how he hits it straight sometimes. Mm-hmm,
0: uh, mm-hmm. A deep dive.
1: It's an incredible. (laughs) Yeah, we should. We could have a deep dive on that. Uh, And then we got uh, our other dude in the pod who can't putt. I mean, he's joined joined the club. I can't putt either, but he's absolutely striking the ball still. Jakey, what's going on? One by the coin flip, too, I heard.
0: One by. Hey, listen. One by the coin flip. Moving on to the next round. That's huge. Um, And, you know, didn't need a putter on the sixth hole today because I just dunked that thing. So, yeah. I mean, but truthfully, uh, yeah, I can't putt. I hit like 60% of greens today, and I didn't make a freaking birdie. So Wait, so did you see it go in on six? No, it was. uh, I played a different course today. I did not play at uh, my home track, and it was uphill. So I I knew it was on a great line. I actually thought I hit it over the green, and I heard it hit the stick um, or the cup. I don't even know what it hit. But when we went up there, there was no ball mark, and the ball was in the hole. So
1: So you just flagged it. Flagged it,
0: dude, straight to the bottom.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. What'd you shoot today? You getting close?
0: Uh, today I was five over with a oh. double in there. Yeah, with a double in there. So we're
1: getting close. We're there. I mean,
0: just I just got a putt, just a hair.
1: Hey, Amen. So, hey, you'll we'll, you'll take five over every round for the rest of your life. I'll take that uh, too. A thousand percent. Yeah. So awesome. All right. Well, uh, huge tournament this past weekend. Big beef. Got the thing done. Wolf had a three shot lead to start the day on Sunday at the Rocket Mortgage up at Detroit Country Club. I thought they did a very good job with the tournament itself and the field uh, and making the best of what they did. And we had two very good players rise to the top on Sunday and have a little bit of a battle. Mm -hmm. Um, I I guess before, so we're going to talk a lot about Bryson here for a second, but I'd like to talk about Wolf quickly. Kind of came out of nowhere, hadn't really been playing that well up into Detroit country club. He had made a couple cuts, but didn't have any top 25 finishes or one of those top finishes had a three shot lead on Sunday. Did he choke Jake or did big beef just play that much better and get the thing done? Cause I'm really kind of rattling my brain and I keep going back and forth.
0: Yeah. That, that was a very, honestly like a very low energy Sunday in general. Nobody was really sort of challenging you know, Wolf got off to a kind of a nervy start, and when I was kind of prepping for the, the pod tonight, I just had this like idea in my mind about Matthew Wolf, and I just wrote down, Matt Wolf is the microwave man because you just never know when he's going to heat up, and you never know if it's going to stay hot or if you're going to take that food out of the microwave and it's going to be cold in the middle. Wow. And that's kind of yeah, I know. It's, I went down a rabbit hole with that, that a little is, bit.
1: That's an incredible analogy that I love. That's you.
0: deep, dude. I, hey, listen, English teacher in my you know in the real time, so because like this is the thing I, we can't, it's not a joke, right? We all forget that this kid is twenty one. he should be going into what his junior year of college, you know, um, and he's out there on tour competing. he's got to win. He doesn't have consistency, and I think that truthfully, like part of that is always going to be who he is. his swing, his game, it's not built for that. It's built for the week where. He starts really, really driving it and he gets the putter going a little bit. And, you know, you see that kind of come to fruition. But I will tell you that Sunday, at least for me, and I know that you guys, I I had to watch the replay because I was on the golf course when it was live. And you guys were watching it saying, hey, you you know, you're missing something. It's it's getting pretty good. I will tell you this he struggles with distance control and it's really clear. (laughs) And it's just really, it's going to be hard for him to win. Until he figures out, like, man, I can't just try to flag this thing. I got to hit it to the middle of the green and try to roll one in here, or I gotta, I gotta use this slope. I mean, he's just really shooting at flags a lot. Right. So I don't think it's a choke, um, but yeah, I mean, he he played great on the back nine. He just he clearly didn't have the same heat that he had um, on Friday and Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean, a mit- or huge misjudgment on fourteen. Yep, um, when he hit that layup because. Dude, to me, this is – and I. this is why I think you'd be such a great caddy, Jake, is don't even take a club that gets you close to the water. Shouldn't I even be in your brain. R- exactly. Like you should be 70 yards short of that every time in the middle of the fairway because at this point with the length, it doesn't matter. He can get there from no ma- wherever it is. He just needs an angle at the green. Right. So I was frustrated about that. I had money on Wolf, so I thought Wolf had a chance there, and he did. He missed that short birdie putt to make it a one-shot lead. Um, and then he went Stuffington on the next hole in the par three. But yeah, uh, yeah so that's all I got on Wolf because I know we want to talk a little bit about a lot about Bryson. Vinny, you have any other thoughts or closing things about uh, Rocket Mortgage? I know we we got back in time Sunday to watch the entire round. Uh,
2: not not a lot. I mean, there weren't a lot of guys there on Sunday. You know, really contending. Um, uh, the craziest stat of Matt Wolf's weekend was that. He birdied like 40% of the holes he played. Um, I was just happy to see, I think I've said this in the past, that his biggest, one of his biggest weaknesses is definitely his putting. Um, I think this is just going to give him some confidence as long as he kind of figures out how to navigate a golf course instead of powering the golf mm-hmm. course like of which was required this weekend. So... I think in the next few weeks, if he comes out and plays well on some, uh, yeah, maybe a Muirfield, then maybe th- this is where he's going to start building some confidence in his career. Um, Vince,
0: don't forget what you just said when we start to talk about Bryson, though, because you nailed the difference between the two of them. Like, and I, I don't know if you want to wade into Bryson right now or not, but like Let's you just made an amazing point, right? You said. Matt Wolf needs to know that he can't, he has to use strategy a little bit. He can't just absolutely go out there and nuke it all the time, right?
2: Oh, yeah. That's what, yeah absolutely.
0: That, for sure. That's what Bryson, that, that's what I feel like is getting lost in all of this stuff. What Bryson is doing is something that I just cannot fathom because he's hitting it so far, yet he's playing with a ton of strategy. <laughs> when he misses it, he misses it in pretty decent spots, and yeah, he made a couple of errors here and there coming in. Right, he got he, he hit that one through the fairway. Uh, you know, took a took a penalty there, but like you're nailing it. That's that's the difference right now between guys that are like young and long, because that's where a lot of the length on tour is. Right, these young guys that are coming out that just can absolutely mash it, and a guy like Bryson who was winning golf tournaments, maxing it out around 300, uh, is now fucking 70 yards longer in some cases and still is thinking his way around things. I just, uh, that's a great point that you just made about part of why Wolf struggled on Sunday, you know?
2: Yeah. I, I we could talk about this all day. Like <laughs>
0: what well, we're going to does, Bry- I know.
2: Does Bryson make, make three birdies in the first four holes on Sunday out of the route, out of the rough without being 330, 340 yards down the fairway? If he doesn't no. have those extra thirty yards, he's not actually getting into spots that can play him into the green. And yeah. at that point in time, he gave up accuracy just to clear the shit in a strategic in a strategic matter. It's like uh, I mean, he's not. We don't call him the scientist, and the whole world doesn't call him the scientist for nothing, right? He mm-hmm. knows what the fuck's going on right now. It's true.
1: I mean, he's ch- he's changed the game forever. Going forward, he's like Tiger in his prime. Tiger figured out that working out was the thing that was going to separate him from everybody because he was going to hit the ball farther. He was going to be leaner. it could last longer. And now Bryson's doing the same thing with the single-length shafts on all of his clubs. He's completely figured out his his regimen with his workout and his eating. He's eating like 8 million calories a day. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting because you saw what happened with Tiger in his prime, right? Tiger had about a three- or four-year jump shot start on everybody, and he won. I think I, I sent you guys that stat this morning. Bryson's won now nine times and, or six times in his – is it six? Or, I can't remember. Six or nine times in his first 99 starts. where Tiger, had won 27 times. And now I think that you're going to see a similar thing with Bryson, where Bryson, and we've talked about this, is I think is going to stay hot, and he's probably going to win another three or four times this year. Uh, I know he's like one of the odds-on favorites at the Masters now, and I'm sure he's – one or first or second in all the tournaments he's starting in here mm-hmm. for the next couple of months. You know, how long before everyone else tries to do it the same way he's doing it on tour or how long before we start seeing just the younger guys coming out? Um, you know, like we saw the JTs and those guys five, six years ago that were coming out that are doing it a different way and they're winning in a flurry. How long till the, the game is just completely changed to where everybody's hitting single singling shafts? Or do you think that that's just going to be something specifically designed for Bryson and other people are just going to continue to play it the way they are right now?
0: I mean, it's a great question. Like this is an over said term, but it's really the correct term for what we're talking about, right? This is like a paradigm shift, right? People are looking at Bryson saying, well, if this is what it is now, I have to figure that out. And to some degree, I think there are guys out there that can hit it as far as Bryson. First of all, I'm going to straight up say that. Like, I think a guy like Tony Finau, he has enough in the bag to do that. The difference is he's scared of it. He's scared to try to unleash that kind of speed because he just can't control it. Like, Bryson is hitting it really fucking long, but he's also hitting it pretty damn straight for that length. And that can't be overstated. Um. And when it comes to those other things, like the other variables that he kind of, or, or maybe lack thereof, right, with like single length clubs and, and his like very mechanical putting, which I have to blast him for that later on. You know, I don't know if that's a trend that's going to like pick up because I, I think we're seeing something with Bryson that he might be realizing himself. Now that he hits it as far as he hits it and he creates the speed that he hits or that he creates, the, the limits of the single length clubs are being shown, Right. Like, right. We saw him. He, he has missed a lot of wedges. I mean, he yeah. should legitimately have probably won two of these first four starts, but he just cannot control mid irons and wedges right now um, because he's he's getting a ton of ball speed. Yeah. He's not getting enough spin and he can't get the ball to land at the yardages he's kind of used to. I think it's only a matter of time before he's going to start tweaking some of those things. So I don't know if that means that other players are going to go that route. But if other players do. That's fine. I mean, like, I think that's the thing that Bryson's showing you is you have, um, you know, you have players like Bubba where there's nothing in his head when he's out there. He's just seeing shapes and he's hitting those shapes that he's seeing. But then it maybe you're someone who's more analytical and you want to be the numbers guy like Bryson is. And Bryson's proving to you, like, yeah, you can play golf with all that mumbo jumbo in your head if that's the kind of person, um, you know, that you are. So... I don't know. I don't know what the trend is going to be, man, but speed is going to be the trend. I mean, all these guys coming out now that were in that sort of like wolf, um, you know, Cameron, I think Cameron champs just as long as Bryson as well. Yeah. You're going to just see more and more players and kids that are, you know, 12, 13, 14. All they're going to be doing is training for speed. It's just going to be about speed.
1: So Does, it, does this take away from the game of golf?
0: Vince, you want to answer first?
2: I'm torn on even answering this question. <laughs> uh huh. because um, we've talked about it. It's like, it's training, it's equipment, but he he hasn't. You know, he's not using equipment the other guys don't have access to. True. He's just utilizing it better. Science, lofts, attack angles, spin rates. Um, and then on top of it, he's building a stronger body. I, I think that just because he's the first person that has figured out the formula doesn't detract from the game. But it is, in a way, going to it, it just skew certain points of view if he's just on top of the leaderboard every time. Um, so there, There's two things. Can't fault him for it. Is it going to get stale? Maybe.
0: Uh, that's a great way of saying it. Um, I wrote down some questions that kind of actually go around this a little bit. Doug, you you watch probably more NBA than than Vince or I. Do you think the game is better now that there's a lot of three-pointers or worse?
1: I don't like it because nobody plays defense anymore. Okay.
0: All right. So you think the change in the game, which has been an analytical change, right? Somebody studied numbers and figured out, look, you just got to shoot a bunch of threes. If you make a lot, you win you miss a lot you you lose but your chances of winning are greater right okay baseball which i mean i don't watch a ton the of baseball boring, this
1: is the most boring sport in the world
0: next well but what you got to talk about is the change in baseball right hitters are more and more willing to strike out because analytics say i need to hit up on the ball to hit it right. out of the ballpark it's all about launch angle it's all about speed okay that's the same thing that's happening here, right? It's like an optimization of something in the game. The problem here is that it's it is going to get stale. It is and it's not just because of Bryson. Golf courses really aren't going to be that interesting for us to watch anymore if right. if all these guys are hitting it like this. And I was like trying to think of like, how could you even the field out? How could you how could you set up a golf course to be defensive? Like could you grow the rough really thick? at you know 320 to 370 yards and then from 300 to 285 the rough is cut shorter but then people would tell you like oh you're you're catering to someone who doesn't have a skill so i my answer is i think it is definitely bad for the game but i think small changes would make it totally doable like what if they took uh, just for pros, they took the, the driver head and said it can't be any more than, you know, 300 cc's or whatever, 350 cc's. We went back to a driver from like the mid-90s. You know, Bryson couldn't swing it that hard. You, you would have people having to think more about things. I, I don't know what the solution is, but to answer your question, I do think that it's going to, in the end, it's great now, but it's going to hurt it later. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Dougie.
1: So, I'm going to eat crow here a little bit. So, I sat on the couch on Sunday watching Bryson, thinking to myself, Jake was right. I do not hit any of the same shots as these motherfuckers do on tour. Yeah. Especially guys like Bryson. Um and I can't even remember who was playing with Bryson right now off the top of my head, but
0: I have it written down it was Troy Merritt.
1: Troy Merritt. So, like they were I remember on two of the par, the two par fives on the back nine one of them, Faldo, like as soon as he Merritt signed out, he's like, "All right, this is a three-shot hole from Merrick. And then Bryson hit like driver, six iron, seven iron mm-hmm. into the green, and I was just like, "Yeah, okay, this is Jake was right. These guys play the game completely differently than I do." Um, and I, I, I'm completely on board with you. I, I I also said to myself, like, "This is fun right now. This is awesome that he's like found a way to change the game." For himself and it's been a huge benefit for him obviously I mean look at him I mean he was still playing great when he was 100 pounds lighter but now he's like gonna top five everything basically and as long as, as long as he stays healthy and doesn't just like completely lose his mind um, but yeah I think it's a hindrance for the game I I really do I agree I mean I think they got to dial something back but I think even then that takes away from the game now too because people are people like golf because we in quotations, I'm going to say again, is we play the same game as the pros. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas if they change that up, then I think that it just makes people going from college or that are very good amateurs to the pros even more difficult. I think, I think there's just a lot of variables there that it it is not great for the game of golf. Um, And I, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think that I feel bad for everybody, but I just think that it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a point eventually where it's like all right these guys are shooting twenty nine under every week this isn't fun at all there it's not even it's like the golf course isn't even there anymore they're just hitting right. driver as far as they can hacking it out and making birdie on pretty much every hole um, yeah it's it's definitely an argument that we're gonna have for a couple of years now I think and we're you know we we had this argument a year ago before Bryson did this where it was like okay well. DJ and Brooks are hitting it too far. Do we need to dial the ball back? Do we need to dial the club back? And that kind of died down, but now it's like, all right, well, Bryson's hitting it, averaging 350 on every drive. What do we do? It Yeah, there's a lot of things to take into consideration, and it's like uh, it's one of those things that, like, you eat something for the first time and it was so good, and then the second time you go back and eat it, and you're just like, eh, really wasn't that yeah. good. Um. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's going to be interesting. We're going to see. I mean, Big Beef doing his thing. He, he's made the game his own. He's he is the mad scientist. but um, uh, my my thing more curious, and this doesn't have too much to do with what we just discussed. Is why the hell is he hitting these graphite shafts with his wedges? Like, I know there's got to be something scientific behind it, but dude, like, you can't get any spin on any of these things. Just go back to the wedges with with the steel hey, shafts. I don't understand. He's,
2: he's playing those. Those shafts through his irons, too. It, it's not just his wedges. I get yeah, well. it. He's like get ballooning wedges. But he's playing what it's the L.A. Golf. It's called the Texas Rebar 7X. So on the rifle scale, a 6.0 is like a true stiff, like a Project X rifle 6.0 stiff. The shaft that he's playing in his irons and wedges on the rifle scale is a 10 which puts yeah. it eight times stiffer than a stiff shaft.
0: Well, I, I just, I think that, like, if, I mean, graphite shafts have been getting so good in the last 10 years that, I mean, you know, kucher has been playing steel fibers, and people play recoils and all the main ones. And, you know, Bryson probably, with because he's connected to LA shafts, like, he's sponsored by them, plus he has stake in it, I think. He probably did a... Uh, a whole bunch of um hey this is what i want and they built him something special and and i'm i'm sure that there is something better out there for him i think it's just the length imagine hitting your sand wedge and it's the length the same length as your six iron that's got to be hard to control uh at, at points right. M- my thing that i wanted to to bring up um to you guys is and and doug you kind of touched on it with the is it good or bad for the game like how sad is it going to be if he goes to Augusta and just absolutely lights that place on fire? And we, I mean, legitimately he could like pretty much drive the green on three. He's going to have probably a flip wedge in on 13. Like he's going to ruin 13. He's going to be the first guy that like completely ruins 13. Um, and yeah, I mean, to me, his game is prime for all this because it's not just he's driving the shit out of it; he's driving it just like so freaking high and straight. He's just going to yeah. cut corners everywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I I, I, I guess. What are your, what's your feeling there? I, I,
1: I, 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 think you're completely right. I think it's, it's one of those things where, like, if he does do that, then. Next season, we, everybody comes back, everybody's going to look like Bryson or try to be doing like Bryson, and we're just going to have like a bunch of robots out there playing the game, and we're going to lose some of the creativity, like you said, with Bubba and Phil who have these just unbelievable hands and yeah. can hit these crazy shots. Like You're going to start to lose that, and you're just going to have these guys that are swinging as hard as they can and hitting it down the middle of the fairway, no creativity, and then either making birdie or making par and walking off. Um, no shot shaping, any of that. It's just gonna be like this slight draw what they're using to maximize distance. Right. Um yeah, I mean I think it could definitely happen. You're hundred percent right. I mean, even on ten, the downhill par four, oh, yeah. he hits the gap, he could be down there like seventy yards in the green, which is unheard of. Um yeah, it's uh it's it's definitely gonna be interesting. I mean, I think it makes for a great story for the game of golf, and I hope that it, I hope we're wrong and I hope it goes the right way and they and uh it changes the game for better but I just know from being around the game of golf as much as I am and being a little slightly Im- involved um it's not looking too good but um yeah I, I mean it's like gonna be interesting
0: I mean you, I I am probably the the voice of like nostalgia on the podcast maybe a little bit too much of like the the quote-unquote purist, and and I don't mean to play that role always, but I had like a, a thought about Augusta getting torched, and then I was like, kind of sitting around thinking, if he's hitting it this far, like the old course, you can't even play the open at the old course, like right. he he like if yes. it's firm and windy, I mean he's going to get to a whole bunch of greens, yeah. um, and I just like I, I don't I don't know I don't know I mean again I'm on the side that what Bryson has done has been flat out incredible and what he's done has been in unbelievably impressive. I cannot say that I think it's a good thing. I know that yeah. he, what he's done has been absolutely revolutionary and beyond what I thought he could do. Um, but it's not in my opinion, the best thing or a good thing overall. Right. So, you
1: yeah. know, yeah, it's, uh, it's gonna be something we're gonna be discussing for a long time to come. I can already tell you because he's in his prime right now and 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 hitting strides. Yeah, uh, I you know I will say this though. I think I think the game of golf missed and still maybe misses a figure like Tiger brought to the game for a long time, uh, where he was winning all the time. Uh, for sure. He was just like this monster figure that every mythical creature that everybody wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that if, if If he starts to go on a run like that where he wins a couple majors, keeps winning tournaments like five, six tournaments a year. I think that that would be very positive for the game because that'll start to bring younger people back to it um, and start to mold that generation a little bit. Whereas, you know, like I'll tell you honestly, like my dad tells me all the time, he's like revenue is not great at golf courses anymore because younger people just don't want to spend the time playing the game. So I think that could be a good thing for the sport. I just hope it doesn't uh, over-analyze things for everybody and they're just trying to make it a science experiment instead of actually playing a game that's, you know, the best game out there in the world.
0: There's, like, a massive difference, though, between, like, Tiger and uh, Bryson that I think... I don't know if you'll ever get, even if... Let's just hypothetically say that Bryson, you know, he, he wins two majors, he wins six times on tour over the next calendar year or whatever, The the difference between Tiger and Bryson is that like Tiger was cool, Nike made him really cool to white golfers, and he was already really cool to black golfers and people who didn't or who weren't into golf thought Tiger was really cool. Bryson wears the dumbest fucking hat. (laughs) He's an absolute asshole. You know he's a nerd. Well, he treated that cameraman horribly. The guy was just literally doing his job. And not to mention, like, the PGA Tour is an entertainment product, right? We want to see when guys snap a club. Like, right. Thomas Peters snapping that club over his knee a couple years ago, sick. You know, Henrik Stenson throwing it in the bushes, amazing. And Bryson's complaining that he got shown taking an extra hack in a bunker, which we've all done, right? That would that might take some people and, and, and um, connect them to Bryson, but he doesn't right. want that. And so that's the other problem, I think, with him is this: he's not like a super – likable dude who's doing this it's not like if jt gained 45 pounds came in was hitting it even further like people really like jt i think um yep so i think that that's the other thing there's a disconnect too that i don't know if he'll ever connect with people the way even if he goes on this massive like winning thing or he just top tens every event or whatever i don't know if he'll ever connect the same way that other people have Mm -hmm. other greats it's 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 a very interesting question
1: that is a good point. Um, and I know we could talk about this forever, but we need to move on and talk about the workday event this week. All right, let's do uh, it. I know. We'll, I'm, <laughs> hey, believe me, I'm sure he'll be back up in the headlines in a week we'll or two. About him we'll be again, talking about him again.
2: <laughs> He's not playing this week, so. No, no. The, I know. Mean, he'll definitely I quickly just read you more.
0: stats and then you can go on? I wrote down a bunch of stats. I just want to read this. Average uh, um, distance into greens. You got an idea what it might be? The, Into for Bryson greens,
2: this week? 75.
0: Yeah. Now it's
2: more. A little bit more. more. <laughs> okay.
0: 98. 107 was his average. Okay. His driving average, we already talked about this, was over 350. Do you know what his strokes gained off the tee was? was it What was his ranking for the week, do you think? I mean, this is pretty obvious. One. One. Second? What was his, no, he's number one. What was his strokes gained putting for the week? Two. Second. Third. Number one. first in its strokes gained putting which is crazy the last thing did you know that he broke the pj tour shot tracker this week so the shot tracker that they use for the website to trace shots anything within 30 yards of the green is considered an approach he landed multiple drives that rolled up to within 30 yards of a green so it counted as his approach instead of his T-ball. He broke the fucking system. It's just <laughs> absolutely insane. All right, go ahead. Go, let's, let's move on to Workday. I or, did, yeah, I work did day think
1: charity. the trophy that Rocket Mortgage had was sick, though, too.
0: It was very cool. I would agree. Good trophy.
1: Um, all right, so moving on from Big Beef's week <laughs> we to the Workday charity open which is at Muirfield village. So I apologize. I said earlier it was a memorial. That's just the tournament next week. So two weeks in a row we're playing at Muirfield. This was supposed to be the week of the John Deere classic. They canceled. They'll be back next year. So Workday stepped in. They're doing a one, one year event here and at back to back weeks of the same, same field or uh, same uh, course, which I think is really, really cool. Um, and I'm surprised a lot of these guys aren't playing back to back weeks. Cause you're going to get a field for the course and then you could just play it again the following week. Um, mm-hmm. So, a couple headlines here. I don't want to talk too much about it. We spent a lot of time on Bryson, but um, Bones is making his return as a caddy to the tour this week. So cool uh, for for Matthew Fitzpatrick, whose caddy was in Europe and had to, is coming over, but needs to quarantine for two weeks. So uh, Bones is on the bag for Fitzpatrick. I saw Fitzpatrick actually got a phone call from him and didn't answer the phone because he was like nah this can't be bones and then bones <laughs> back and he was like hey man yeah definitely come so cool there uh, that bones is on the bag for somebody other than Phil um, on Fitzpatrick who I like he, you know he's a, he's a younger guy um, has played well in the European tour has yeah. played decently well in the PGA tour um, but uh, I still still think like has a lot out there that, and could could play better um but a likable guy uh i've heard him actually on a couple other interviews he interviews well sounds like he's a funny cool cool guy to hang out with so interested to see how bones does in his return to muirfield with fitzpatrick obviously bones has caddied there hundreds of times it seems like with phil right so we'll see what happens there um and then i also want to talk real quick so next week Not not this coming week, but the following week again at Mirrorfield for the memorial was supposed to be the first week of fans being back, like around twenty percent. They canceled that obviously because there's been COVID spikes. So uh, interested to see how how that kind of moves on because I haven't seen where they're going to try to fit them in for their first tournament again after this or after that one. So uh, and I know they're coming up on the PGA Championship at Harding Park. So. Things are, are starting to get closer and closer. Uh, I know they've said they're not doing fans at PGA, but interested to see when we'll get some fans back at the events. However, like we talked about last week, um, I, I don't think they really need them. I mean, it's nope. been it's been great. Like you said, we've seen uh, extended footage on people, different, different aerials, and they've done a better job of just uh, actually broadcasting golf instead of talking about other things. So, yeah. Excited to uh, move on this week to the Workday, and hopefully we get fans back at the events eventually, but hopefully they continue broadcasting to broadcast and do a good job. This week, a lot of good players playing, getting back in the field for the Workday Charity Open. want we'll to run through a couple of the key pairings really quick. Uh, Jason Day playing with Brooks Kafka and Justin Thomas. Is Jason Day kind of out now? I feel like he's just not even like a celebrity on tour anymore. Like He was on that charity match last week. What, yep. Am I? am right, right?
0: You are right. Number sixty three in the world as of today. First time he's been outside the top. I think, or that's the highest his ranking has been since two thousand ten.
1: So yeah. crazy. And he really hasn't won that much either. I don't understand. No. Um, Cantlay is playing. Who won last year? Defending champ for next week's event at the uh, Memorial uh, is playing this week. He's playing with Phil and Jordan Spieth, Jordan Spath, uh, and then Wolf is back in the field. Uh, a really cool pairing there. He's playing with his other uh, Oklahoma State boy and Ricky Flower. And then Patrick Reed is also playing. And then hovland who's been rattling off some good finishes here of late, is uh, in the field as well. So power rankings really quick. Rom 15th. Interesting to note there because Rom was first or second for the first three weeks, and now he's 15th, just making it on the list. So you can see he's been struggling a little bit since he came back, which I feel bad because he was on an absolute tear before before COVID, so he struggled. Leishman, 14. He's from the area now, kind of lives up there, so interested to see how he does. Uh, Cameron Champ, 13th, who had a decent showing last week. He shot five or six under. I think he had the low round on Sunday, so good to see him playing well. Strelman, coming off that second place at uh, Travelers, 12th. Ricky Flower, my pick last week, who actually played well. 11th, Hovland. Tenth Matt Kucher, ninth Maddie Wolf, so three Oklahoma State boys in there. Eighth uh, X Man making his return. He took last week off. Xander seventh Gary Woodland sixth Brooks fifth JT fourth Cantley third J Rose two and I'm interested here. Matsuyama is number one on the power rankings. Uh, interested to get your thoughts there, Jakey, because I mean he he hasn't been playing horribly, but he hasn't been playing great.
0: He plays well there. That's all I can say. I mean, he's won there. He's been in a playoff there. He he, he plays well there. Um, but yeah, Doug, you're right. I mean, the guy can't hit the hole. He missed. I think it was two weeks ago. He missed the hole by a foot. Like, didn't even. This is on like a six footer. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's an
1: interesting thing. But he's he's putting like we are. Yeah, he's putting like me for sure. Um, all right. Well, what do we got for the uh, overall tally? Oh God, it pains me to say this.
0: Uh I'm gonna give him his time here in a second. But um after two weeks of missed cuts, uh Dougie and I were cutting into Vince's lead. He took Bryson last week, so he gets the win, which moves Vince to thirty-four points. I took um I was in second place going into this week. I took Wyndham Clark who was gone with the wind and uh, blew right on out of Detroit um, with a WD. So I got one point, which leaves me at 25. And Dougie, who has gone 3-3-3
2: oh, sorry, 3 lady. weeks in a
0: row, he's got the triple going. He's like legit back in the game now. Who did you take again? Ricky Flower. Oh, that's right. Ricky Fowler. And uh, he's in at 21 points. So Dougie's right back in it as we head into the uh, Workday Charity at Muirfield love it jakey you're up you're in last moment okay um yeah i'm not gonna try to outsmart myself this week with some kind of gut feeling i'm going with the guy the young one young hova victor hovland this week <laughs> he's been playing good he's trending um and yeah i just i think it's gonna be a good week
1: for him love it i love it i love it uh yeah, he led the Rock Mortgage classic in Strokes gained T Green. So uh striker. One thing that Bryson didn't lead the field in last week. That's so. the only thing. Yeah. So okay, so you took Victor Holland. I am going way out this week on the right. trying to continue my three streak. I am going with the former uh guy who had he had bones on the bag, Phil Mickelson this week.
2: What? Oh my God. <laughs> Did not see this, Doug. You have a near death experience today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we'll see, man. He, he played <laughs> he played decently coming into the tournament. So I'm I'm just going with Phil. I'm I'm at this point in our big pool that I'm like eight million dollars behind. So I have to take people that no one else will take. So I'm taking Phil.
2: Nice. That is right, Doug. You want to know where Doug's place is in that pool by any chance, Jake?
0: Sure, I'd love to know.
2: Doug is in 174th place out of 178. Hey, hey, listen. Is that a live look? Everybody everybody loves a comeback story, dude.
1: It's horrible. He is
2: 5.3 million points behind first place.
1: The first (laughs) year, and last week was my best finish, with, or last week was Ricky. That's a
2: disaster. Not great. All right,
0: champ. Who are you taking this week, there?
2: I can't decide if. I want to burn a big name uh, when with back to back weeks. I think I'm going to let them get settled in and just pick somebody who's coming off a hot hand from from the Rocket Mortgage, and okay. I'm going to take Adam Hadwin, a uh, very good oh. putter. Uh, he's pretty. I think as long as he's in the fairway, he's to give himself an opportunity to make a bunch of birdies. Um, and I, I want to say he's had, you know, he, he's got a, a top 15 out there, so he's seen the course. And uh, we're going to yeah. go with that.
0: Listen, Canadians have been playing good since the break. Corey Connors had a good week. Um, I can't wipe Will. I'm blanking on his name right now. Last week. Um, and now, yeah, I think Adam, Adam Hadwin's a good pick.
1: So, so question here, fellas. We've been doing this every week. So, Cantlay is not really a defending champion, but is kind of a defending champion since mm-hmm. Workday didn't have an event this last year. Will he finish inside the top 15? Yes. I think so. I mean, Muirfield,
2: people who play out there seemingly play, they, you know, they don't really lose it.
0: He's, he's world-class. Like the guy could win a major at any major. So yeah,
1: for sure. I feel like the guy's got no personality though. Like, (laughs) but yeah, there's a, there's a podcast that I won't
0: advertise out there where he got interviewed and
1: he was awesome on it. Oh, good. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I saw Will Zalatoris got a win finally on the uh, yeah the web or the Corn Ferry. He was in contention two weeks ago as well, so uh, good for him.
2: Funny story, I think I mentioned this to you before the Saturday, the final round on Saturday for the Corn Ferry. He wrote his caddy the full payout check, uh, you know, to pay him for caddying before. He played the final round because he's like, I'm just I'm feeling it. Like, I'm going to win this one. He's like, I'm paying you right now. Here we go. And then they went out on Z Box and he went one damn thing.
1: That's sick. That is awesome. Maybe I should start doing that for you, Ben. Play <laughs> hey,
2: man. You can do it because then whatever happens, happens.
1: <laughs> MC, MC, MC. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that's awesome. Um, I don't have too much more. I know we could talk more about Bryson for another hour or two. We got our hats in; hats look good. Oh, you uh, got to get this up on the gram. Get this up on the gram. We're go- I'm supposed to pick up the white hats with the black logo tomorrow, and then we're gonna get next order of black hats with the logo either in green or white because uh, Vinny's a black hat guy apparently. So, got to get him a black hat. Jakey will be sending you a couple of these bad boys. Okay. Uh-huh. So thank you uh, to Ashley for putting those together for us. Okay, And then uh, I hope you guys enjoy the second half of the episode. We've got birdie girl underscore fit on Instagram. Jennifer is going to be on a really good episode. We sat down with her for about 25 minutes. Talk about her life as a trial attorney and also as an avid golfer uh, living in the Charlotte area. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, Jakey, you going to be playing any golf this week or this coming weekend?
0: Um, I might play this weekend, and then uh, sometime midtime, uh, midtime, Jesus, sometime mid uh, week next week, I will have my singles match play match. Huge, um, yeah. Tre- I'm trending pretty good into that, so I'm pretty pretty pumped about that one. And that's about it. That's all. Does I have that going. go
1: off of the original handicap, or is that off live? No. So that's the thing that's
0: crazy because the new gin system, the new handicap system, you're supposed to take it live. So. I keep going down, and I've been watching my buddy Steve keep going up. <laughs> and uh, I think if we were to play today, I would be giving him probably six or seven, uh, which is going to be tough. It's going to be a tough uh, hill to overcome, but I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about it. So, are
1: you going to be the top guy on our team next year for the Gentlemen's Cup? I don't know if I'll be the top guy,
0: but I I mean, listen, I don't know what is going on right now, but I'm just feeling it. Like I am, I'm hitting. Different shapes and different things and it's it's been really good.
1: So I can tell you this, the Scalici Open is probably shifting all the way to your side right now. (laughs) (laughs) Jake's gonna give me a few shots for sure. He'll find it. You're gonna start giving Vinny like five shots. Yeah. I am getting a
0: driver fitting in two weeks though. Uh Oh nice. Wow. Sim. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm pulling the trigger on fit.
1: Oh boy! Yeah, (laughs) I gotta buy a new driver now. (laughs) Oh man, awesome! Well, that's that's cool. I can't wait to hear about that. Maybe take a little video of the uh, the fitting. We'll get all right. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Um, So Vinny and I went down July fourth weekend for my thirtieth birthday and thank happy birthday. play thank you played at palmia which was down in port a got ravaged by the hurricane two years ago but they redid it nine hole course now three hole short course we are putting up this week's episode of the happy Hourish as the three hole challenge between vince and our boy tom uh so we got some good footage there with our new drone and uh we're putting the final touches on that tonight hopefully so get that out sometime this week uh we're playing 36 this weekend, playing Friday afternoon Whoa. and Saturday morning, first thing. Patty's brother is in town from the East Coast. He's a chef. So he told us if, he, if we take care of his golf, he'll, he'll build us a, uh, a nice little meal that night. So I think we got some gumbo and some other stuff that's going to be – can't wait to have that. So looking forward to that this weekend. Uh, other than that, I don't got anything else. Vinny, why don't you uh, take us home and set us up for the uh, interview with Jennifer?
2: All right ballers hope you had a happy fourth drank a few cold ones stayed safe with your family and friends and uh now we're going to introduce to you guys jennifer we're going to give you a glimpse of her story we hope you enjoy it thanks again
1: what's up ballers we're back very very excited to bring on a special guest in the second half of this episode uh we've got a Girl who is dedicated to fitness as well as a trial attorney and very much in love with the game of golf, like myself, Vince, and Jake. She goes by Fit on Instagram. Jennifer, welcome to the show. We are very happy to have you here.
3: Hey, thank you. I'm very excited to be here.
1: Jakey, Vin, you want to say hi? Welcome, Hello.
0: welcome. What's up, everybody?
1: Well, Jennifer, we appreciate you coming on the show. I know, uh, I think we've been following you for a little while now. I've always been very impressed with all of the the things you post, and uh, you played some pretty cool golf courses there in the North Carolina area. Uh, I think for our guests at home, if you really just wanted to take some time and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you got into the game uh, and and where you are now.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, like you said, Jennifer, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I was lucky enough to be uh, brought up on a golf course. And so I learned the golf game with my dad and some of my best memories come from going out with him and just playing the game, learning the rules. And he really helped me kind of embrace the game, but also learn what it means to be a good golfer and to have all those attributes that we think of, honesty, integrity, sportsmanship. And so he really gave me a holistic picture of the game when I was young. Then I took about 10 to 15 years off. I didn't play at all. I went to uh, Davidson College Law School, no golf. And then about five years ago, once I got out in practice, I rediscovered the game. And I have just in, fallen in love with it ever since. And I play every chance I get. If it's in a tournament, if it's by myself, family, friends, whatever. Like any true golfer, any excuse to get out on the course, I'm there. So that's kind of how I got back into the game, okay. and uh, play as much as I can.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, I know you told me ooh, a little bit of feedback there. I think uh, you told me before we came on the show that you you actually attended class with Steph Curry at Davidson, so uh, and had a couple cool stories about him. Do You want to want to go ahead and tell everybody about that?
3: Yes, that he is awesome, and you know I'm not going to pretend like. Hey, we're tight. He's my best friend. I know it's Steph Curry. I have his number. Like, that's not the case. But Davidson is a very small school. And so you constantly see each other in the hall and run into each other. And I was always impressed because he is such a nice guy. And he always smiled, was pleasant, was kind. And I just I I have the nicest things to say about him. So even though I only know him from a distance, um, I, I absolutely I'm his biggest fan. He's a fantastic person. And I'm hoping that Coach McKillop will hang his jersey because Davidson has a rule that says they will not hang jerseys, retired jerseys of graduates until they are actual graduates of the college with a degree. And at the point that I graduated from college, he had already decided to le- to leave, go to the NBA, um, and didn't graduate. So I know he had one class left, and so I'm putting this on the record. I'm hoping that he has completed it and that jersey is hung and he deserves it more than anyone. Um so that's just that's kind of a cool thing that that Davidson does that they want their student athletes to continue that legacy after they graduate and really represent what it means to be a Davidson graduate as well as an athlete. Um and they wouldn't make an exception for Steph Curry, but I'm I'm hoping it's hanging there.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty funny, you know, Vince and I both went to a small college as well up in New York. Uh, And we were we were kind of blessed. Same thing as as you when you were at Davidson. We had a couple uh, Our you know, our team made the NCAA tournament. So for a very, very small school was a lot of fun. And you got to see a a deep run there with Steph Curry. Uh, So I'm sure that was an exciting time for you when you're at Davidson. Absolutely. So
2: did you know he was uh, as much of a golfer at that point in time? Or I guess probably nobody really had any idea uh, other than his father's influence.
3: Right. Yeah, I I had no idea. And honestly, I don't even know when that kind of came to pass. If he was a golfer in college and just enjoyed it recreationally, but was busy with basketball and that was his main focus. And that's what everybody knew him as. But it's been so cool to see him branch out into the game. And he has done amazing things for the game to be able to cross over between the sports, really bring in that audience that he's been able to garner through basketball, introduce them to the sport and kind of use his status, but also he gives back so much to youth sports and empowerment and really has been able to touch so many different sectors of both the amateur and the professional level of golf. And I think he's really done a great job to revolutionize it. And he's also, I believe he is a producer and affiliated with the Holy Moly TV show um so that i have loved watching that and you know hopefully one day i can be on that or you know that would be amazing (laughs) but he yeah he has been very very instrumental in revolutionizing the game and really helping to grow it a lot he's got a a
1: clothing line now
3: too yes he has
1: it's funny you say that because uh last week the guest we had on the show uh chelsea batch who is a friend of Vince and I's she's on the holy moly this season, uh, and I know she has some friends that uh, were on it in the seasons past. So we we watched her she, her episode was actually last week, so that's why we brought her on. Um, yeah, it's a it's a funny show. I know they had a couple uh, segments in there with Steph Curry. She said it was kind of interesting because it was right around the time COVID was starting. So I guess when she won her episode last week, they were supposed to have like a like a. Uh, Jacket ceremony, like you have at the Masters, for winning and going on to the finals, but they weren't able to do that because because uh, of COVID. And, and Steph, I guess, wasn't able to get on set. But maybe mm-hmm. we can we can put a word in with Jellis, and she can get you on the show next season. <laughs> there
3: you go. <laughs> I'd love it.
1: Well, well, Jennifer, um, I know you have a, an immense love for the game of golf, but you're also a trial attorney. Uh, yes. So I'd love to hear how you balance both work and life. Um, and which one is are you more passionate about?
3: So I am a very ambitious and driven person by nature. I love setting goals. I love working towards things. I work very, very hard in life. So one of the best ways that I've been able to balance the two is just having a schedule. So I have a, I don't know if it's a problem, but I <laughs> color code everything. I'm obsessive with my schedule. I literally make mini blocks and colors for every day if it's a practice day or if it's a course day or if it's a work day or whatever it is. So I'm able to balance it just based on, the uh, at first blush, my personality because I just I, I keep to a schedule and Bye. that has helped me a lot. Um, I'm also in the process of finalizing opening my own law firm, which has freed up a lot of time. Uh, to be able to set my own schedule. Thank you. To be able to set my own schedule. And if I wake up and if I don't have court, then it's a day where I can say, all right, well, do I want to go to the practice range for a couple hours and then work later? So it's definitely given me the ability to design my days a little bit more than having a traditional work schedule or working in a law firm for somebody else.
1: Nice. Nice. Being your own boss. I'm not sure what that's like, but I I hope to find out someday.
3: (laughs) Been good so far. So, uh,
1: anything you take from the golf course, uh, anything you've learned out there, lessons that you use in the in the in the courtroom?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's actually a lot of crossover between golf and trial law. Um, it's all about thinking on your feet and keeping your cool and staying in the moment and being patient. So many times in court, things happen that you didn't expect. You know, on the golf course, you get. An unfortunate bounce you hit a tree you hit the water you can't find your ball but you have to deal with it you have to play your ball keep going do the best you can and not let it slow you down so very similar to that in the courtroom things happen all the time that you don't anticipate witnesses don't show up witnesses say crazy things the judge overrules an objection so who knows what's gonna happen but you have to go in every time in either in the courtroom or on the golf course with the same mentality that I'm gonna do my best I, I have confidence and I can trust that I am a great golfer or a great attorney. And I have a skill set that will carry me through whatever may happen that I'm not foreseeing. And it's just it. And, and, you know, sometimes things do happen and they are unfortunate and you have to roll with it and just accept that. Well, you know what? Wasn't a great day in court. It wasn't a great day on the golf course. But that doesn't mean that I'm a bad golfer or that I'm a bad attorney. It's just part of life. So that's, that. I've been able to translate and transfer skills from both sides onto the course and into the courtroom. Awesome.
1: awesome. Um, so I'm curious, I know before we came on the show, we were talking a little bit about watching the PGA guys back on tour right now. Uh, right. I think you said you're drinking the same protein that Bryson DeChambeau is drinking. So I hope you hit the ball <laughs> 350 yards soon. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: <laughs> Average. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <Yep. 300>, yeah. <laughs> Are you are you one of those people that goes out onto the golf course and, te- and self-teaches yourself? Or do you watch the pros on tour and learn from them? What What's kind of your strategy out there trying to learn and, and make yourself better?
3: I love observing. I love watching. That's how I learned a lot of trial law. I would go sit in the courtroom and watch other attorneys try cases and listen to judges and witnesses and, and learn how it is from the inside out. So I do work with a swing coach and i'll take regular lessons but maybe once a month or every other months or every couple months but i really as much as i can enjoy watching tv watching the pga players lpga players to study their game but also even going out and being paired with somebody random i think there's always something you can learn from somebody a good golfer quote a bad golfer it doesn't matter you know there's Always an opportunity to improve your game by studying somebody else. So, if I had to categorize how I learn, it definitely would be by observation and then using whatever I learn and then adapting it to fit my game.
1: Awesome. awesome. What, uh, what what clubs are in the bag right now?
3: So, I am a Callaway girl. I think okay. I'm 100% Callaway. So, I have an XR driver, a Callaway Hot, three wood, um, everything else, a Big Bertha uh iron forged clubs i have a solar putter that i've had for six years plus that i don't think i'll ever get rid of so i i yeah i don't know if i'll ever branch out i'm always open and i go to club fittings <laughs> and i like to test different things but somehow i always end up back with callaway so there's their sponsored plug not really but i'll tell you what the
0: guests <laughs> on this podcast love callaway I feel I love like everybody yeah, everybody throwing yeah. the callaway love out there <laughs>
1: It's funny. The three, I think, the three uh, girls that I know that play golf seriously all Callaway. So mm-hmm. maybe it's just like a, a, a female branded club. I don't know. I have to right. look and let's see what all the professionals. It's are the playing. LPGA and Phil. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, well, that's funny. I'm so
0: curious about. Yeah, no, go ahead, Jackie. Sorry, got what um, what's because I I've actually was in Charlotte for uh, a little bit uh, of time, not much, and I'm I'm curious what you think of the golf uh, there in terms of like what kind of courses you guys have because I know there's some some really cool ones and, uh Mooresville actually just the the Muni just got redone a couple of years ago and it's like incredible. So right. I, I'd love to hear some uh, some thoughts on that.
3: Yeah, I mean we have a range from fantastic, state of the art. We've Quail Hollow well you know wells fargo tournament um all the way to just a municipal local course and then the mooresville course that you mentioned is beautiful i've been fortunate enough to play that and so we kind of have every range there's five or six private clubs um, that are older in charlotte charlotte country club piper Glen, providence country club uh, myers park they're fantastic fantastic courses, beautiful buildings and facilities and then a lot of the municipal and and courses that are available on golf now and one in particular, Charles Sifford that's affiliated uh, with the first tee of greater Charlotte. And I'm a volunteer coach with that organization. We do a lot of courses and trainings and um, work with a lot of the children out there. So uh, it's right on the golf course. So a lot of times it's mm-hmm. nice just to walk out and play even with other members of first tee. Yeah, I, I played out there. It was
0: really cool. I enjoy I enjoy that a lot.
3: Right. Um, but yeah, there's a lot, there's a
0: lot of interesting uh, golf in that area. So it's, that's really cool. Yes. Uh, Doug, you got you, whatever you had next. Sorry for jumping in there.
1: No, no, you're good, dude. I appreciate that. Um, actually, you you brought up something there that I wasn't going to, that well, I didn't have in my mind prior. So uh, I was telling you, Jennifer, before we came on, we took a trip to Pinehurst. So we do a uh, Gentleman's Cup trip every year. We call it a Gentleman's Cup. We rebranded the Ryder Cup, basically. Um, and uh, we do, there's 24 of us, and we go, we went to Pinehurst this year, and we played at Mid Pines and some other courses there. Um, and that was probably the first time I had played golf in that area. I, I, I was born in Atlanta, but I moved quickly to Houston. So uh, kind of like that sand belt, sandy golf courses where there's a sand base everywhere. It was completely different, but something that I, I fell in love with pretty quickly. And I, I can't wait to get back out there. Um, is, so I see you play a lot at Piper Glen. Is that your home home course?
3: Yes, that's where I was born, raised. My parents are there. So that, okay. that's home base.
1: Awesome. Not yeah. a bad place, it looks like, to uh, to play some golf.
3: Yes, it's gorgeous. They've redone it recently, and Club Corp came in, redid everything, and then now they're affiliated with Club Corp, so that's nice to have some reciprocity and be able to go around and have some mobility around the country to play other courses right. uh, right. You know, for availability. But that the, is a fantastic system as well.
1: Awesome. awesome. What? Uh, so we we typically, when our guests are on the show, we we rapid-fire a couple questions. I'm always curious because people that we interview from all different places in the country, and that's kind of one of the nice things and, and uh, fun challenges we've had about bringing on new guests on the show. I'm curious as to what your, your favorite three golf courses are um, that you've ever played. I know this is a very tough question because Jake and myself and Vince could argue our top five, and then I'll wake up tomorrow morning and I'll be like, oh man, I forgot this golf course, so... In the top of your mind right now, what are what are the top three golf courses you, you've ever played?
3: Uh Pinehurst number two, TPC Piper Glen, and Aspen Glen in Carbondale, Colorado.
1: Wow. Okay. She so didn't even have to think about it, guys. <laughs> that was that was quick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean you I'll... can't
3: argue it's Pinehurst. That has to be like a number one for anyone. It's gorgeous. It's
2: it's historical, funny, I...
3: legendary, beautiful.
2: I liked number four yeah. more than I like number two really yeah i mean i think it was more based on the day that we ended up playing it right uh it poured for about five hours but still um i thought number four was amazing and it was try, i I only want to see number two again if we're playing it in tournament conditions okay it's well
3: like, that's that sounds like an uh, invite so i'll challenge you whenever, <laughs> whenever you want to come out to play ponders too
2: <laughs> i think <laughs> we'll do it. how well i feel like we're going to be there within a year again by the sounds of yeah, it, probably. Hey. <laughs> How crazy is
0: golf in Colorado? It's like I've only played a couple rounds there, but uh, getting used to the those yardages and like I mean everything is different. You know, putting the you know the canting of the fairways, like everything is extreme. It's that's an interesting thing to say that your third favorite course is one, obviously that you know extreme conditions um, throughout, probably.
3: Exactly. Yeah, and the interesting thing for me was that I felt like it really amplified my my game so i am a longer hitter off the tee by nature so i could really enjoy that but there were so many water features i I think there's water on 14 of the 18 holes it's crazy yeah so you know, you really have to be able to work and play your ball Mm -hmm. in place and control those, the distances and the drives that the elevation provides you that you're not used to. And then also to be able to do the strategy as well. So it was a really interesting combination. And then of course, the views are amazing with mountains and the Rockies in the background and just the elevation change. I mean, you're hitting off of a tee box and the drop just is extreme looking out with the background. I mean, it's, Every hole is absolutely photogenic. So it's if anyone ever has the opportunity to play out West anywhere, absolutely take it. It's gorgeous.
1: I've always wanted to play like there or Mexico city because they're just hitting their drives like 500 yards. So that just seems like a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) So don't
3: need need the protein drink. Just go out West.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think Bryson can play out West. He's hit the ball too far.
3: (laughs) Hit it in the mountains, right?
1: <laughs> right, right. Um, so you say you have Callaway clubs in the bag. What's what's your favorite club to hit?
3: Ooh, um, driver or putter. So kind of the two extremes. Um, I love, obviously, hitting the ball as far and wide and fast as I can, but I do think putting is the true mental aspect of the game. And that's where kind of everything comes together. Where you need to be on a hundred percent, and that means you're coming off of a great hole, an average hole, a horrible hole. It doesn't matter if you are on the green. That's that's the goal. And then obviously with as few strokes as possible. So for me, the putter and putting is what it means to play golf. So uh,
1: sounds like you need to give JK a putting lesson because he's been he's been struggling, <laughs> struggling. <laughs> struggled again today but you're close man that's all that matters yeah Yeah, we're close uh so i'm curious to get your take you said that pinehurst number two is one of your favorite courses like vince said Mm -hmm. we we played it on a day where we got about three hours worth of rain and they had already gotten a bunch of rain that week so it was really really wet right Um, i'm curious what your thoughts are about that entire resort or was number two the only course you've been able to play or
3: i played two and nine
1: okay his number nine is the Bankgrass Bank Green course, right? Okay, yes. Yeah. Yep. So we played we played that one too. I re- I actually really liked that one. And, and Jake is not a huge fan of
3: Jack Nicholas, Nicholas designs,
1: yeah. and uh, I, we we kind of walked away from that one saying, "Hey, that was that was really a course I really liked."
3: I'll tell you why number nine is not my favorite course. This is very embarrassing. So I get up to the first tee, and I don't know, I, I don't know what happened because I was aiming straight down the middle of the fairway, no question, no problem. I hit my drive. It hits a tree. And this tree is probably 10 or 15 feet in front of me to the left and this ball hits the tree and it ricochets back at me past me past the (laughs) tee box (laughs) behind me and i'm like oh my god because there are people out there right watching me because it's the first tee and it's right by the clubhouse in the practice facility it was absolutely mortifying and so i'm just like that's it i'm done just we have to go (laughs) i just panicked I don't know where the tree came from. I have no idea how it happened, but yeah, it, it took a while to recover from that, and then I settled into it and I enjoyed the course, but I did not have a great start right. on number nine. So
1: <laughs> yeah, we, well, we have a we have a very close friend of the show who uh, likes to hit tees, uh, trees right off the tee, so he'll appreciate <laughs> that, that he's not the only one that does that. <laughs> Although he he would probably try to re tee and then hit the tee again or the tree again. Which, <laughs> <is> the <problem. laughs> uh um we're not
2: okay. gonna point at tom <laughs> yeah Tom. Okay, <laughs> tom. He knows who he we won't point
1: at tom but right yeah. Yeah, he, he knows who he is well yeah. um jennifer we uh we appreciate you coming on the show uh before we go i'd love to give you some time to uh point out any any charities you work with any uh uh items you use during your golf rounds that you recommend to other people or sponsors etc the floor is yours
3: thank you yeah definitely um first off would definitely be first tee of greater charlotte which is a chapter affiliated with the first tee which is a national organization uh that's mission is to help grow the golf game through life skills for youth sports and youth empowerment so A fantastic organization, a lot of different local chapters in different states. So I would definitely say to whoever's listening to Google it, investigate it, get involved. Uh, You can, as a volunteer, do as little or as much as you want. And in my opinion, children in the golf world and the golf game are the most important asset we have. They are the future. They're our legacy. And they are who we should be keeping in mind when we throw the game. So number one, hands down. In terms of other sponsors, definitely go to my Instagram page, check it out. But some of my favorites and that I've been working on the longest um, collaborations and fantastic products, Dormy Workshop, Other Supply, Rosemark Grips are fantastic, Groovit Brush, Journey Golf Company, Set and Drift, and Billy Golf Company, uh, among many others. So, again, any questions, well, feel free to visit my page, ask me. I'm happy to link you guys up with a sponsor I definitely want to grow the game and encourage more collaboration so
0: awesome
1: awesome That's it. uh Vince and Jake any any closing items or questions for, for Jennifer before we let her go
0: no just so um so glad that you could come on and, and chat with us and uh, definitely an interesting perspective I know when we were talking about like the sort of lawyer golf thing I was like huh not really sure how this will go, but it's it's a cool link. I really I loved your explanation of that, and that was really kind of eye opening and, and cool. Thank you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Th- thanks for letting us in on your day in a life of of golf and law. It's uh, I don't know if I'd be able to do it. I commend you for it. You. I'm sure that uh, the time invested is is turning in your favor really soon. I hope it does with the with the launch of your own firm. Thank you. And uh, and therefore you get to play as much golf. As you damn well desire. (laughs)
3: That's the whole point of this whole thing. There
2: was the That was the scheme.
1: Yep. Okay. Jennifer, congratulations on that again. We will uh, definitely be taking you up on the uh, challenge out in Charlotte.
3: Perfect. I would
1: love to put Vince against you because Vince will crumble quickly. (laughs) Uh, But uh, it would be a fun challenge. Uh, Like you said, we're trying to get back out to Pinehurst shortly. Uh, but we'll have to make sure we, we stop by Charlotte and see you. Uh, for sure. Thank you again for for coming on the show. We really appreciate the time.
3: Absolutely. And thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And I will look for you guys in Pinehurst.
1: Yep. Awesome.
3: Right. Okay. Thanks
1: again. Take care. Thanks, Jennifer. We appreciate it.